Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. All right, we finally got that right after five or six years. No, you mix it up every week. So I make it hard. Sometimes you stop and then, yes. Yeah, I make it hard. Well, you know, never a dull moment. So thanks, folks, for joining us. We're so glad you are here. We have been doing this podcast, as I mentioned, for a long time. We are actually a tech company, and uh, we've been doing stuff with churches. Steve is the founder of the company, and we do streamingchurch.tv. We do uh, mobile apps with churchapplab.com. We have the uh, flagship uh, at myflock.com. So those are a few of our things. And, and we normally do talk about technology, although because we have a lot of work with churches, that's really all we do. Uh, many times we'll talk about ministry-related things since we are all involved in ministry at our own churches and have been doing this for years. So uh, today, though, we're going to, I guess, what would you call this topic? It's, it's, it's tech-related, but it's social media-related, too. And uh, I'm going to, without further ado, introduce our guest. We've had him on here before. His name is Paul Allen Clifford. Uh, Paul, nice to have you here. Nice to be here once again. Yeah, well, we've had you here before. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Paul has been around for a long time working uh, with different ministries and on staff as volunteers. He really helps uh, churches with uh, tech things uh, from ProPresenter. Uh, issues to video to audio to uh, what is it what else do you do Paul you do all the all the sorts of stuff yeah so I I just have a broad area of interest but right now what I'm concentrating on is pro presenter and live streaming Uh, with you know I I just started a series um, on one of my channels talking about the sling studio uh, another one that's in the pipeline, I'm going to talk about 3D printing. So, you know, all kinds Great. of fun stuff. That's good stuff. And before I forget, your your website, uh, you've got several things going on out there. But you, your website, I guess probably the best way to get a hold of you is trinitydigitalmedia.com. Mm-hmm. So uh, look it up, trinitydigitalmedia.com. I think if they Google you, uh, Paul Allen Clifford, I think you'll probably show up somewhere as well. Yeah. yeah. All right, good deal. So uh, we were trying to have you on last week. Something else came up. But one of the things that I noticed you posted somewhere, speaking of social media, is uh, you posted something that uh, an article I think TechCrunch wrote, and it was about Facebook and how Facebook may proactively close pages and groups uh, even before there's a violation of policy. And I thought it would be good to talk about this because this could affect church it could affect church facebook pages and other things so i'm going to just let you elaborate a little bit about this and maybe why should we possibly be concerned about this yeah so this is something that's concerning from a couple of standpoints i was just in a conversation on facebook uh, yesterday with a church that said hey Our website needs to be redesigned. Should we even bother? Maybe we should just get rid of the website altogether. And that is not an unusual thought because people think, well, we've got Facebook pages. We've got a YouTube channel. We've got a Twitter account. People can find us anywhere. 
that's I've heard it called digital sharecropping, you know, which is not a, a fun term, but it the idea is you're depending on someone else and their land, you know, virtual land in this case. And with Facebook and YouTube, especially right now, although Twitter a bit, they have community guidelines, terms of service, things that they believe. And there's nothing wrong with the uh, private company believing these things. Uh, You know, you can believe whatever you want to believe. You can believe the sky's pink. The problem is when you're so close to being a monopoly that you're the only choice There are problems with that. So I can foresee a situation where someone takes these policies just a hair farther than they say they are and starts going, well, churches believe in traditional marriage, so we should get rid of all of them, even the ones that don't. Like, you're not safe just because you're a church that that's not your thing, Uh Sure, they're going to get rid of the Westboro Baptist people, and I'd be okay with that, quite frankly. But it's the, what's the next step? And the step after that, and I I don't want to err on the side of, um, you know, a slippery slope argument and say, oh, well, they have this one idea, and then 25 steps down the road in 200 years, we're going to have this problem. Nothing like that. I, I'm just a little concerned that churches are putting all their eggs in someone else's basket and then mm-hmm. being uh, utterly clueless that that basket could just go away. Right. I've seen, we, you know, we deal with a lot of different churches and we, we do get a lot of churches and they're typically very small churches that will, you know, rather than list a website for the church, they'll list their Facebook page. And to me, that somewhat communicates, well, you know, they can't afford it or, or don't see a need for or can't afford a website right now. So they're, you know, they're leaning to the Facebook page. But it's interesting that you mention churches are considering the um, abandoning their church website for for this. Um, it kind of it, it, it goes back to a, um, a book I read that um, I'm trying, I'm struggling for the, maybe by the end of this thing, I'll, I'll think of the name, but it talks about how technology always starts open and then it becomes closed. Um, it's probably a few years old book book by now. But anyway, and they, they talked about, you know, when radio was done, there were thousands of independent radio operators, you know, working kind of like ham operators, creating radio stations. And then it all became... Uh, more centralized and it became a closed thing where you can't, unless you've got a lot of money, um, start a new radio station. And he said, TV, when it was born with the same route. And they didn't say this in the book, but the, the insinuation was that, you know, the internet is going to do that. And, and the closed environment would be Facebook. You know, this is, you gotta, you know, if you want to have something to say or post something, you got to post it through Facebook and, and they'll control you know, what's going on. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Paul. uh, That's certainly what Facebook wants. I I don't think there's any indication that they want a free and open internet. I think that they want you to be on Facebook 24 hours a day, seven days a week, never leave, never go to 
anyone else's page whatsoever. And the evidence we have for that is things like, uh, you guys might have uh, seen this with your work in streamingchurch.tv, that it used to be you could live stream, no one would say word one to you if you live stream to Facebook, YouTube, and any other place in the world you wanted to. No big deal. But now Facebook says, no, 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 us and your website. Now, we're not targeting the people directly. We're not talking to churches like this, but providers, you don't get API access anymore if you live stream to YouTube as well as us. Sorry, you just can't do both. And that that's just really... <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the lead article, granted this is a couple of weeks old from TechCrunch, the lead paragraph says, Facebook today announced changes to the way it handles the removal of content from Facebook pages. Uh, that's a violation of the social network's community standards, as well as, as when the page has posted items that are rated false by third-party fact-checking. And, of course, we all know about all that. So, I mean, you can't blame them for trying to do something here. They're trying to, you know, and again, move, reading on here a little bit, it says to address the first two issues, Facebook says it's introducing a new tab on the Facebook pages, the page quality tab, which will inform those who manage the page, which content has been removed for violation standards and which was rated as fake news. And then it goes on to explain about the content being removed, hate speech, graphic violence, harassment, bullying, uh, regulated goods, nudity, and sexual activity. I think we could all agree, yeah, that stuff needs to go. But then I guess as you were uh, you know, mentioning earlier, Paul, about how you know some stuff could be inferred as hate speech if a church has an opinion, uh, maybe about the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community or, I don't know, something yeah. else. And and who, who fact-checks the fact-checkers, right? So you yeah. can create a set of fact-checkers that you know, they come from a certain culture or a certain mindset, and and it can be completely different from a different set of fact checkers. Yeah, yeah. So. And what what's interesting, I think, is that even one set of fact checkers could be biased in a way, and they may not even know it because right. once you're, uh, um, yeah. So think about Snopes, for example, during the election some of the political stuff was they were biased on in ways where I don't think they even knew that they were biased. And so they would say, well, yeah, there's this fact and this fact, but we still think, you know, but they're still fine for when you get a, um, a meme from your aunt Mildred that says Microsoft is going to give a million dollars to anyone that shares this. Yeah, they're good for that. But when it comes to political stuff, they're not as good. So there are even fact checkers that are sometimes good in one area and not in another. Right. Plus, there's the the controversy um, around, you know, Facebook says they are not a publisher, right? That they are a platform. And so there's a there's a fine line there with um, if you're a publisher, then you're responsible for what's put on your, you know, what's what's published on your 
on your on your um, website, and you know there's legal ramifications and that sort of thing. So they 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 steer away from the fact that they're a publisher; they're just a platform. And so what this article talks about is they're getting in and filtering the content that's going on the platform, which kind of starts pointing them towards that publisher side because they'll let this through and not that through. And so, you know, what's your thoughts on, on that whole aspect? Yeah, I, I think that that's problematic for sure because once, and they've already done it, you know, um, my wife and I share an account because for some reason she refuses to create her own. And she was talking to her girlfriends about stuff that coming from me is no bueno. So I put her name on it, but uh, I have seen situations where she would flag something as nudity and it was implied nudity, like you didn't see all the bits, but you could tell this was a naked person in the situation that, you know, something else. And Facebook sometimes would take it down and sometimes would say, no, it doesn't violate our community standards. So it was a judgment call by whoever looked at it. Right. So that's well, there's a... a- yeah, there's been, I just I heard a, uh, listened to an article talking about um, that same, because there's a committee that, that works on standards. And so you've seen some things move around. So one was breastfeeding. Is, is breastfeeding okay to post a picture of breastfeeding on your, and then they they moved and said, well, yeah, that's a natural thing. Let's, let's put breastfeeding. And then they had, they, you know, somebody test the boundaries of, oh, I'll take my 12-year-old son and have him breastfeed and post that picture. And so (laughs) they're like, okay. And so they were talking about the challenges that they have on that particular group that determines what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. So, and it's, and it's a moving, you know, it's a moving thing as, you know, the culture changes and opinions change. So this, this thing about taking pages, you know, down for hate speech or violence or and all these other different things, we could see it's not a real solid line. Right. So uh, speaking of being proactive, uh, so what as people involved in church, people involved in ministry, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. And so, so should we just throw Facebook out and never use it and not, no longer have our church pages and never use it as individuals you know should we do that uh what's your advice paul well i think that as much as i would like to see an alternative to facebook and youtube for that matter um right now we don't have one so i think your best plan is absolutely have your website because you can have your website and you can have the same stuff in both places but make sure that part of your strategy is to get people off of Facebook and at least familiar with your website. So if one day you disappear, you know, uh, Franklin Graham's uh, head post pulled down and he's a little more outspoken than his father, but still this used to be pretty common. Everyone agreed with it kind of stuff that he's saying. And now 
it's no good. And the only reason he got uh, the content restored was because he's Franklin Graham and everyone knows who he is, you know? So I would have a website. I would have that uh, Michael Hyatt in his book platform. Uh, he used to be the CEO of Thomas Nelson Publishers. Mm-hmm. So uh, he talks about having um, your home base and that's your website. And then everything else that comes off from that is like a foreign embassy. If it closes, you're not happy about it, but there are still other places they can go. You know, your church could still go to uh, firstchurchhackandsack.info, and they know that that's where everything is, and you can have information there. Hey, we're fighting with Facebook right now because we said something that we didn't think was a big deal and they said it was a big deal or they even misheard. And that's a, that's another problem is the, the idea that this has a chilling effect on speech that, um, for example, on YouTube, I had a pro presenter tutorial that showed how to show YouTube videos. Part of the way to do it to where it was most, um, reliable violated YouTube's terms of service and said I can't live stream etc cetera, etc cetera. so that's now I can't talk about that and every time I go to talk about something I think now is this going to be a violation of their community standards and that's another thing to be concerned about is if you're thinking oh well we wanted to talk about this but should we really put that on Facebook that's a bit of an issue too so having a, another place where people can go, like a backup even, that's, that's worthwhile. That's an right. ideal deal. Yeah, uh, so one of the other things you talk about in YouTube is, you know, we'll have a lot of churches. It's a, a common complaint we have is YouTube took us down for um, performing licensed material. And we have our CCLI license and they took us down and we're trying to, you know, get it back. And um, I think that's partly a fact that they have automated routines that are out there, you know, monitoring all that. And, and they, they don't, you know, they can't uh, be aware that who has a license and who doesn't have a license. They just say, Oh, is this, this is amazing grace. That's licensed to, you know, whatever and they say, we're going to stop this. So, hmm. yeah. so, um, <laughs> Uh, well, let, let's wrap things up here a little bit. Uh, we're talking with uh, Paul Allen Clifford here on the Church Solutions Podcast. Uh, do you think, not to get paranoid here, but do you think there's coming a day where, you know, you mentioned just don't worry about it, put everything on your website, and if Facebook, you know, takes you down, then you, at least you have your website. Do you ever think that maybe people are going to be petitioning websites to come down because they don't agree with certain community standards i do i I think that that's possible um i mean we're seeing it on college campuses some instead of showing up and listening to what a person actually has to say some uh, students are saying oh this guy is hate filled so we're going to protest him and not even let people in but they don't even know for sure that what it is right you know, it's not like it's the grand whatever of the KKK or whatever that's speaking. It's like a college professor from another college that's speaking. And they're like, oh, this 
this guy hates women, you know, and and you're like, uh. so there are already people that are uh, that are saying to certain web hosts this. Now, the Internet is a big place and, you know, there's the dark web where there's all kinds of stuff that you, I haven't even been on there. But from what I hear from people that I trust that know uh, that the government can't even get some of this stuff off. Hmm. They try real hard. And so I, I could imagine that there will be a time where people will at least be falsely reporting things saying, oh, this is a diatribe against women and uh, against uh, minorities and against fill in the blank. And when a human actually looks at it, they might disagree. But like you say, there are algorithms and they're not perfect and they can do a lot and, you know, they get it 80 percent right. But it's that 20 percent that they think that they can get right that they can't. And that's that's an issue. Yeah, can be. okay. All right. So, uh, again, as we wrap up here, uh, the best advice is make sure your website's got what you need on it up to date. Uh, You know, make sure you put the content you want on your website. And, uh, you know, you can use, I, I like the analogy about these other platforms being uh, foreign embassies. You can put stuff out there. And uh, if it shuts you down, and at least you still have your website and some other th- ways people get a hold of you. Any closing thoughts here as we wrap up? Uh, no, I mean, I guess the whole point that I'm trying to make is not uh, that churches are always right in every area. We disagree about so much that you can't say that, right? Uh, You know, Calvinism versus Arminianism, secular people don't care one little bit about that, but it's like throwing a piece of raw meat to dogs if you get the right Right. theological bent of people talking to each other. So um, I'm not saying that, but I am saying just be careful. Be careful, because I don't want a legitimate ministry that's doing real good in the world and really following God to be kicked out of this and have no plan and a, uh, what what do we do? Yeah, okay. So uh, if you're interested, we've been talking about this article on TechCrunch. It's, it's, I don't know, maybe other places as well, but it's, it's, you just go to TechCrunch.com. And the article, I think, was written uh, January, published, I think, January 23rd of 2019 this year uh check out paul allen clifford's website it is trinitydigitalmedia.com you can get a hold of them there if you want to give them some feedback if you want to give us feedback steve and i love to hear from you uh and you can just send us an email if you want it's support at streamingchurch.tv so with that in mind gentlemen i appreciate your time today happy to be on All right. Good to have you back, Paul. We'll have you again as we'll talk about maybe something else more tech related instead of social media. So that's Paul, Paul Allen Clifford. Steve Lacey's on the other end. I'm Phil Thompson. Thank you for spending some time with us today. This has been the Church Solutions Podcast. We will catch you again next time. Take care.